Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. The place for pets and the people who love them. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Here are your hosts, practicing veterinarians, Dr. Roger Welton and Dr. Karen Lewis. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Roger Welton, practicing veterinarian. And I'm here coming to you with my co-host, Dr. Karen. How are you, Dr. Karen? I'm good, as always. <laughs> Whatever say I'm bad. Just peachy? Really? <laughs> yes. You've been through a lot lately, haven't you? Yeah, it's it's been interesting. But yeah. Be- we can do a whole encephalitis talk sometime, maybe. Yes, <laughs> yes Dr. <laughs> Karen is, my dog has. <laughs> Dr. Karen is dealing with encephalitis, which is an inflammation of the brain. Not, not me a, personally. Right. <laughs> not a cool thing to live with and not a cool thing to have to manage. What did you just tell me? You're lubing her eyes every hour? Every Yeah. Um, so her face right now, my, my little chihuahua mix, her face is paralyzed from her brain inflammation. So oh. um, we're managing the seizures and her face is, she can't feel her face like that song. And oh, um, so she has trouble eating, drinking, and she can't blink. So I have to wet her eyes as often as I possibly can. So yes. So you've clearly fun. been busy and uh, <laughs> I've been busy. Um, my busy in comparison seems much easier and I wish you well with that. Uh, so, so tonight we're going to talk about, uh, you, know, I, you know, it goes against a lot of, you know, the fiber of what I practice and what I preach in terms of, you know, there is that integrative side of me that really feels that nutrition is a cornerstone for health and the more natural the nutrition, the better. That's how I feed my kids. That's how I feed myself. That's how I feed my animals. Uh, I do not cook for my animals though, just simply because I do not have time. But in hindsight and, you know, given some new, I guess, what would we say, illuminating cases mm-hmm. with, with regard to home cooked uh, feeding of dogs and cats, I'm, I'm really glad I haven't been feeding my dogs home cooked or my pets home cooked diets. Um, and, and there's a reason for that, you know, so we'll get into that. And, um, you know, again, some people are going to say, oh, there's Welton again, you know, changing his mind or flip flopping or whatever it is you want to call it. But there's a good reason for it. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Have you had any experience with this? Home cooked. I mean, it, um, it's actually, becoming I, increasingly popular, at least here in my neck of the woods in Florida. Yeah, um, around, I have people you? who ask about it, mm-hmm. and I tend to discourage it just because every study that comes out shows even like no matter how hard you try to make a balanced diet, a lot of people you might have heard of the website balanceit.com. It's where you can go and kind of type in your dog or cat, their their diseases, their conditions, their breed, their height, their weight, all that good stuff, and they'll formulate for you a recipe for a home-cooked diet. And it's created by veterinary nutritionists, and a recent study showed that 95% of those diets are unbalanced. So you think you're doing right by your pet, you know, and you're even going to these websites and doing all these things, and even then, you're still going to have nutrient deficiencies. So I just tell people, you know what, let the science work. People, dog food exists. Use it. (laughs) Right. I wish they made people food. I could just pour myself a bowl and eat it and be done. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> be not, not, not a whole lot of variety there. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, if you think about ourselves, it's very difficult even for ourselves to balance our diets, you know. And, you know, certainly with, with dogs and cats, there's very specific nutrient needs that are specific to each species, as you well know. Um, and, and, and that is a challenge. It's a legitimate challenge. Now, that stated, I, I – while 
the veterinary nutritionist may not say per se, okay, these diets are not well balanced. Clinically, I wonder how these pets have done because my experience with these pets that have been on these types of diets have thrived from a health perspective. Um, that, but but that, then again, I've not I've done no you know retroactive studies to or retrospective studies to to track hey how well would they have done if they were fed Hill's you know science diet. So you know based on that, you, you, any thoughts? <clears throat> well, honestly, I'm laughing because um, so you were saying how you try to eat everything as natural and healthy as you can. And I actually, on my personal Facebook page about two weeks ago, just put a cry for help because I eat like crap. <laughs> I mean, I, okay, I'm a vegetarian. I live on Pringles, Klondike uh, bars. I have three Klondike bars a day. Okay. Oh. They should like pay me to endorse them. Uh, <laughs> microwave popcorn. Okay. Like this is my life. So if I eat a vegetable, I'm like, Ooh, I'll get French fries. Okay. Cause those <laughs> potatoes and I'll, or, you know, so anyway, and, and I was like, Oh my God, I eat like total crap. And then one of my clients posted on there, he said, you know what? You would yell at me if I fed my dog like that. And I said, you know what? That is such a good point. I am such a hypocrite because people who are like, Oh, I just feed him, you know, not bones and grape juice or whatever, you know, I'm just like, you need to eat balance and here I am. But what I've learned from that is actually um, living bodies are very forgiving because <laughs> I'm actually doing quite well. I actually still kind of have six pack abs even, you know, and it's like how I have no idea on this diet of Klondike bars and Pringles. But um, right. anyway, but, but yeah, so I'm, um, I would, that's why I said I wish there was human food because I would do well with that with my <laughs> lack of cooking and yeah so just uh, just uh, like in a bag or you just pour it in and add water exactly <laughs> and, and it can kind of go dry and canned you know I'll, I'll like a little variety in my life but but yeah but anyway but i mean but the point is i mean yeah i eat like crap and and i'm still here so um i think it takes a long time for these nutrient deficiencies to to add up i would i would i would have you know I, at least from my own perspective i've not seen Cats with, say, taurine deficiency, right? right. Uh, taurine is an amino acid that uh, cats cannot manufacture. They have to get it in their diet. Um, and it is a common deficiency when kids – or I'm sorry, kids. <laughs> I just put my son to bed, so i got kids on the brain. <laughs> uh, when, when cats are not fed uh, a well-balanced diet that has taurine in it. Um, but still, you know, I, I have these folks that, you know, cook for their cats, very heavy in protein, these diets. Um, you know, Grain-free and a little bit of vegetables. Believe it or not, the cats will eat the vegetables. Uh, they 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 really like French-cut green beans. Who oh knew? yes, yeah. So so you know the the cats do so well, and you know the I don't know. I, I've seen healthy pets, but I've also seen many 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 a healthy pet. My own dog included, fed Royal Canin all of his life, and he's doing very very well, and he's ten years old. Let me knock on wood. Okay, so. But I've had a change of heart, you know, and uh, I had a rash of cases where I've had patients that are fed home-cooked diets. The, the two that really stick out in my mind uh, the most are uh, there was a recent West Highland White Terrier that uh, came in vomiting with a painful abdomen. Guess what disease he had? Uh, pancreatitis or pancreatitis. Uh, you're, you're right. Great. <laughs> Great answer. So it's West Highland White Terrier. Um, it, it, with these dogs, it's often not a not – a, not a uh, matter of if they will get pancreatitis, but when. This dog was fed a diet of lean, organic, hormone-free, antibiotic-free chicken all of his life. 
he was it was uh, ad mixed with some a little bit of uh, baby carrots, you know, not not too much to overwhelm the glucose part of it, but uh, sprinkled with some um, green beans, French cut. Gr- Again, the French cut green beans are very popular because they're, they're, they're actually quite palatable. And then uh, brown rice. And, and that's what this dog ate all of his life. And they, they also gave him a, a pet tab every day to surround out any nutrition they might have been missing. These owners are amazing. They, they cooked for this dog every day of his life. For, think about this, for nine years. Now, granted, you're like, well, try looping eyes every hour. Of <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> then I'll be impressed, right? <laughs> but, but anyway, the dog comes in with pancreatitis. It was a genetic ticking, ticking time bomb. It's not the fault of the owners. It's just, it happened. But now this dog can no longer be on that diet because with pancreatitis, a di- the diet now has to be protein and fat restricted. You want to elaborate on that a little bit there, Dr. Karen? Oh, yeah. And actually, when first of all, when you were talking about the diet they were feeding, my first question was, where's this dog's calcium coming from? Because that is like my pet peeve obsession right. is so many of these diets are super high in phosphorus, super low in calcium. But anyway, um, we can head down that road. Um, but as far as pancreatitis goes, yeah, low fat is the big thing especially because fat makes a pancreas have to work harder. And you want the pancreas, the, the less – it's kind of a lazy organ. The less work it does, the happier it is, basically. <laughs> so, um, and you're th- probably thinking, well, I mean, you got chicken and brown rice. And, like, what could be fattening in that, you know? Right. Um, and it's not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just we've learned that there, a lot of research goes in these prescription diets. And they've actually found ways to make a food taste good that is low in fat, lower in fat than a chicken breast, you know? Um, and you right. just can't cook something like that at home. Right. Holistically. And it's also a low residue, which a brown rice and chicken diet is not. So low residue is important as well. We don't want to inflame the bowel at all, right? So that's the other aspect. What does low residue mean? Well, we we res- should probably go for that. I'm sorry, what was that again? Well, we should probably explain what, what low residue actually is because it doesn't mean like the, the bathtub ring. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, could, you brought it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, low, low, go, why don't you go ahead and elaborate on that? Oh, well, um, it's... For me, it means I often associate with low poop production. Um, <laughs> that's how I explain it to people because basically it's going to have less less insoluble fiber, which is what causes more poop. So that's my simple way of oversimplifying it to owners is you'll know you're on a low-residue food when you see less poop in the yard. Right. It, it, it's a a very good way to explain. Thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it is a lower poop diet, which, you know, that might, you know, strike a chord with some people, less poop yeah. to pick up. But it also is less likely to irritate a bowel that's prone to irritation. So, you know, somebody might be thinking right now, well, isn't it a good idea to eat fiber in your diet? Aren't we trained to eat lots of fiber and fiber is a good thing and pooping is a good thing? Um, but that's that whole story changes once you have inflammatory diseases like pancreatitis or inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's-like type syndrome, ulcerative colitis. Now fiber is the enemy. We need low residue. Um, and that's another aspect of the diet. It's not just the fat restriction. But, yes, you're right. They, they actually make it less fatty than even a lean chicken breast, which it is, it's truly incredible. So here's my problem, Dr. Karen. Got this dog. And, and, and how often do you lose a, a dog to pancreatitis? Not too often, right? Mm-mm. They get me really a doozy. Yeah, right. I mean, as long as it's recognized early enough, you put them on the right supportive care. I usually have them out the door within forty-eight to seventy-two hours at the most. Oh, um, you're luckier than I am then. What's I've that? I've actually I've actually had some dogs with pancreatitis who 
two weeks in the hospital later, we're, we have feeding tubes in the, in the jejunum, which is part of their intestines right. to bypass the pancreas. I mean, we get some, we get, maybe it's just the Midwestern diet. I don't know, Could but be. <laughs> we get some doozies here. Yeah, maybe the, too many feeding. Uh, you guys are in a brat, bratwurst, right? Isn't that a, <laughs> yeah. popular there from my University of Illinois days? Uh, I remember McDonald's sold brats. I'm like, that's interesting. McDonald's. They don't need more. Okay, they did when I was there. But anyway, well, whatever the case, uh, the so I got this dog. He's doing great, but we're feeding him, you know, offering him canned ID, which is a pancreas friendly diet. And he's looking at us like, seriously, dude, not going to happen. So luckily, it's a dog. So we could ball up the food and just shove it down his throat. And, you know, you're going to eat it Um, with love. Yeah, of course, with lots of love. And and I'll tell you what, what. Within a day or two, he came around and he and he, and he started to like it, and, and but then his owners were absolutely mortified because you know they take him home the next day, and like he doesn't like this food. I said, look, he's out of the acute phase of disease. Um, he is in a, a very good place. His numbers were very good at discharge. So, just do the tough love thing. If you feed him nothing else, a dog is not going to starve. He's a big fat dog too. So, you know, I'm like, I'm like, he's got plenty, plenty, plenty of, of, of reserve there. He won't die of starvation. And, and it took him about two more days, but he came around, started eating the diet and everything's been good. But I had a case before that, which was a feline and, you know, felines and their pickiness. Oh, geez. Yes. All right. I mean, if you have a diet and tell me if you agree with this. You have a diet out there that is six, it's palatable to 60% of the cats out there. That is a very tasty diet. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Well, because the cats have so many other features that play a role. Like dogs, you know, flavor and texture. Cats, it's like shape of the kibble. Like there's some cats right. who will pick out the triangles and not eat the stars, yes. you know. I mean, yes. it's so crazy. Yes, texture. So, um, it, the, the research that... they smell. But, yeah, yes. but shape and color, which are things you wouldn't think about. Right, are huge factors. I'm yeah. like, really, guys, just eat it. Come on. Yes. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure my wife was a feline back back in her day, or back in her <laughs> previous life. I mean, um, she stares at every morsel that goes in her mouth. God forbid it's got a funny texture. She's like, ah. <laughs> so, so you know, um, that's your feline though. And, and so, got this feline who was fed, you know, a home prepared diet all of its life. And and who knows? Maybe this feline would have acted the same way fed a feline diet all of its life, you know, a feline prepared diet. But um, this this cat was diagnosed with early stage re- renal disease or kidney disease. And as you well know, the, 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 the kidney diets are so effective in slowing the progression of kidney disease. Would you agree with that? Oh, they work, uh, they've come a long way, I will say, mm-hmm. yes. And then you got Royal Canin, who, you know, back to the feline palatability, they've really driven a lot of these feline palatability studies and, and really what it is that affects their willingness to eat the food. So they have now this, like, smorgasbord of, like, options for cats for kidney disease. And I tend to I'm, – I'm like a Hills guy. We talked about this a little bit earlier because the alphabet makes it very easy. Oh, ID, intestinal diet, you know. Yes. HD. ED, the tooth heart diet. diet. Yes. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, simple people. it's easy, right? And, and there, there, I guess there's a little bit less choice, but to me, you know, less options makes my life easier, you know. Um, but in the case of, of cats, I really – I'm tending to favor Royal Canin because of all their palatability research they've done. And, and so I rarely – rarely come across a cat that won't eat at least one of their dietary options because they have like six or seven of them now. 
Um, have oh, you- and, and they're all named such. Like, it's like mm-hmm. it's so confusing to me. They're all named these crazy names like aromatic and flavorful and right. delicious. I'm yeah. like, oh, so this one's called delicious. Does that mean the other one isn't delicious? <laughs> 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 is this one just kind of delicious? I don't know. But that is so it, funny. It's, it's oh easy. my god, it's true. It's like a, it's like you could go to a restaurant and give your cat a menu of right. kidney diets and be yeah. like, here. I yeah. mean, it's which I mean, kudos to them for taking the investing and sure. producing this smorgasbord of yeah kidney food but I, I tell people i'm like you know just pick a letter pick one of every letter and try it you know because right. i don't even know anymore right right it's it's um it's it's remarkable how how long how far along they've come like you said and so so i rarely have a, a feline that won't eat at least one of the options so what we do is we're like okay your dog your i'm sorry your cat's in renal failure and but luckily we caught it early and um, here's your baggie. We give them a baggie and it's got a, it's a variety pack and, you know, figure out the one your cat likes the best and we'll order that for you. And, you know, it, it's been phenomenal, but well, this cat, oh my goodness, no, no chance, no chance whatsoever. Well, I even resorted to going to like, just, okay, let's try different senior diets at least. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at least it's, it's a, a better echelon of diet than, you know, we have to restrict the protein here. We have to give high biological value protein. We have to reduce the proteinaceous waste. You know, um, we'll try anything. But no, this cat utterly would not entertain eating anything. So what's going to happen to this kitty? Cat's going to die earlier than it would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Because let, why don't you tell us why you can't do the tough love thing with cats? Oh, well, well especially for, for starters, most renal failure cats are skinny so they don't have the reserves to start with anyway. But um, if a cat sure. goes on a crash diet, we actually worry more about the, the fat cats than the skinny cats. Um, and I have a whole article, actually. Actually, how t- I don't think you even know about this, Roger, but I actually have a whole article I wrote about that. Um, <laughs> awesome. But the cats don't have the, the enzyme in their livers that dogs, horses, and people do that can actually break down the fat. What I tell people is, here's, here's again my gross oversimplification. When we go on a crash diet, basically the fat goes from our thighs or our gut um, to our liver, where our liver has this enzyme where it processes it, spits the fat out into our intestine, and we poop it out for a gross oversimplification. And um, cats don't have that, and so while dogs, people, horses are pooping their fat out, all that fat just gets stuck in this cat's liver, and you get this bottleneck, and they actually develop something called Guess what? Fatty liver. It's not a very fancy name. Well, the fancy name is hepatic lipidosis, if you want a good scrabble word. But um, <laughs> anyway, and so and then you have a cat liver failure. So, again, I have that more with fat cats because they have more fat stores to work with to block up the liver. A skinny kidney cat I'd worry less about right. because they have less resources. But obviously, but they have less stores, you know, and so they don't have much to lose often anyway. So, um, and actually, one other thing, Roger, when you were talking, I was thinking um, – a lot of kidney foods they say is low protein, but actually they're realizing now too, um, it's more. It's so much more than just low protein. It's low phosphorus. Sure, that's a big one. Yeah, low salt. Um, actually, they're more alkaline. Right. Um, it, there's so many more things mm-hmm. that I've learned about these. I was like, oh wow, wow, because we always just think protein, protein, protein. I tell people with kidney cats, whatever would make Doctor Adkins roll over in his grave, feed your cat. Right. <laughs> so right carbs 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 yeah so um just yeah we even tried that too we even tried that really? you know let's let's go with let's go pasta and nothing nothing wow. no, no my cats would eat the heck out of pasta given well, given yeah. the opportunity but uh no this cat was just so fixated on you know 13 years of being fed 
this wonderful home cooked diet of, you know, lean beef and a little sprinkling of this. And, you know, it just wasn't happening. And, um, it, it's sad because, you know, some of these cases that you get when you catch them early and, oh, they may be lost half an ounce from last year. Let's run some blood work. Cats 13. It's a good idea. We may want to clean up those teeth anyway at this point. Um, uh, we know there's a link to periodontal disease and, and renal failure in cats as well. So, you know, you run the blood work and you're like, well, luckily we caught this early. And so, I mean, I have cats live for years on these renal diets if you diagnose them quickly. Um, and so, so, so it's sad. So I've kind of gone back and, and, and reevaluated and thought, well, if, if you set up this lifestyle where the animals are so, uh, pre- so, so programmed to eat this nice home prepared diet, uh, what, what happens when they're, their life may depend on being fed a pet food and it's, it's even more profound with the felines. Uh, you know, uh, the dogs, you can do the tough love thing. Not always. I mean, there are some Yorkies that'll hold out until they're hypoglycemic and in a seizure, you know? Um, so the Yorkies, it could be tough. And so, you know, your Labrador retriever, you could probably get away with it. You know, um, one day those dogs will eat anything. So (laughs) (laughs) my Bernie would eat cardboard if I put some salt on it. So, um, you know, I've, I'm, I'm really just kind of backing away from that. And so my, my stance now is look, pick the best quality you can. Uh, don't go to the pet store and buy, I'm not going to say any brands, Dr. Karen, because I don't, I don't have deep pockets to get lost, you know, any lawsuits here, but Let's just say the the the, the grocery store brands, the uh, superstore brands. Stay clear of those. Uh, stick with ones that uh, like Hills. Uh, we we can complement diets, right? So Hills oh, sure. uh, has a sci- the science diet line of diets. Royal Canin's excellent. Any ones that you're particular fond of? Um, well, there's a lot of those that I call the yuppie puppy diets. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> those are the um, like the the Merrick and the Fromm. And what I tell people is. And actually, I'm working on a whole an ebook about this right now. Actually, about how you you get what you pay for, but not always, and um, to a certain extent. Like, yes, if you if you're buying a bag of dog food and it's a forty pound bag for four dollars, I would think twice <laughs> before buying that. Um, yeah. But do you need to spend a hundred dollars on a bag of food when a fifty dollar bag of food will be just fine? You know, I mean, yeah. we, we need to think logically here too. But um, we don't need to get too caught up in stuff, but any good national brand, I'm actually more comfortable with the big national brands than just because they have better quality control than I am the little local small up and comers, which I know a lot of the small up and comers probably are very fine, but yeah. in terms of quality control and getting, you know, rice from China and all that, you know, all that crap from a few years ago, um, just stick with the, the big names. I like Purina a lot. Well, I'm from St. Louis. And so Purina here is King. Okay. Yeah. Um, when the Prina headquarters, or like I said, Hill Science Diet, Iams, Yukonuba. I think all those are fantastic foods too. So, and then of course, if you want to do the Yuppie Puppy ones, uh, which you cannot find at PetSmart, even you have to go to the Yuppie Puppy store. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. Some groomers have them. Yeah, but we have to be, I mean, <clears throat> if if you have disposable income and choose to spend it like that, hey. Go for it. Yeah. You know? I, I guess the one thing that, you know, a holistically minded person, a more naturally minded person could take away from those diets, solid gold would be another one from uh, California Natural, I believe, is another one of those. Um, to, to a couple of things. So all their, I guess, the, at least solid gold, I'm not sure about from, but all of their ingredients are from the United States, which, you know, mm-hmm. that's a nice thing. You yeah, know, it used not, to be just marketing, but now I think right. it actually does mean something. It, it does. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I had 
pets, not my own pets, but patients die from ingredients from China. Um, and uh, so that's good. And then preservative free because they come in a vacuum sealed bag. And so, you know, that's that's all good. Are pre- preservatives going to, you know, necessarily kill your animal? No. But, you know, uh, if you're a naturally minded person, you know, I do respect that. And um, but there's ways to, I guess, optimally feed your pet prepare for the day that they might have to be on a specific disease-specific pet food uh, without having to resort to cooking for them every day. Do you have mm. any, do you have any owners that, I mean, you, cause you're, you, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not far from the beach, you know, uh, beach people tend to be you know, a little bit more one with the earth kind of thing. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, I the, the, the kind of, of crowd that's in acupuncture and all that, you know, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, I have some owners who do, you know, they want to do the organic, you know, holistic thing for their pet. And um, and I, I often recommend, um, if they really want to do it right, UC Davis, University of California Davis, has a veterinary school. And they um, ha- are kind of the premier animal nutrition program. And if you want to become a board-certified specialist in animal nutrition, that is like the place to go. So anyway, they actually offer a program for owners who want to home cook. Last and this is like a year ago, I checked it, so it might have even gone up. It was like about four hundred dollars, I think, um, to get a nutrition consult via Skype, so you don't have to live in California, nice. which is kind of cool. Um, but I think the legalities of the Skype are so they can say they have a valid veterinary client patient relationship sure. but um anyway and i think that is probably the only way to truly cook at home and get a balanced diet but um at the same time i mean like multivitamins are forgiving i think you know they yeah. offer a lot of wiggle room too they do uh, i mean look at me i mean i'm looking at eddie's and it's so funny because i have people who they're like oh we want to home cook for our dog and i'm like there's a McDonald's bag sitting over there that you ate. So if you're going to home cook for your dog, how about we let's just hold your dog to the same standards you hold yourself to, yeah, you know, yeah. um, which if I hold my dogs to my standards, they'd be dead. Right. <laughs> no, no, it, it's, it's funny that the, 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 the owners so often hold their pets to a different standard because, because, yes. because back to the pancreatitis dog, uh, both of these owners were type two diabetics, right? So, <laughs> so type two, you weren't born with it. It was, Right. And, you know, if you looked at their level of fitness, it didn't look optimal, you know. So, yeah. so, so clearly they're not eating like their dog, you know. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I guess I, this, is, this is a little bit of a diversion, but it's a good story. I had, um, I was working in a clinic and it was not a house call. These uh, clients came in. They smelled so bad that before I even came in the room, I could smell them. The, the cigarette smoke and just the BO and just the, and their clothes were literally dirty. Like, I mean, they had not, I, I thought they were homeless okay. and uh, they were all missing teeth. I mean, I was like, you know, and they were there for their dog's vaccines and super sweet people. And, you know, I'm talking, okay, well, what kind of food does he eat? You know, blah, blah. And, and then one of them piped in, oh yes. And filtered water. I said, oh, like, <laughs> oh, we don't drink the city water. I was like, <laughs> That's where you drew the line, right? <laughs> so no, no, <laughs> you know. But um, anyway, yeah. So the point is, you never know. I mean, they yeah. were like, "Oh no, bottled water for us," and I just, I, I just stood there aghast just yeah. for a second. Just no, it's <laughs> hilarious. So, so the, the 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 chain smoking is fine. The lack of bathing is all good. Totally fine. But but please, totally fine. City water is going to kill them though. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, everybody's got their thing. You yeah, know? they do. They do. And and I will I will say that most of my folks. And again, it is most of my beachside people because I'm right over the causeway from the beach. 
Uh, the beachside crowd is a little bit different. They they do practice what they preach, kind of in all aspects of life, and you know, uh, even even sprinkling a little you know turmeric in their you know that spice oh, yeah. in their uh, in their pets' food and. You know, it is. It, it, I sprinkle it in my food because I think it tastes good, and apparently it's mag- it has magical properties as well. So, uh, you know, I feel good about mm-hmm. that. <laughs> but um, I should put that in my Klondike bar. Yeah, I'll, I'll try yeah. that. <laughs> oh, yummy! If, if anybody doesn't is not familiar with that particular spice, it is what makes uh, Indian and Southeast Asian food yellow, and it um, it's what gives it a lot of its distinct flavor. I think it's delicious, but I don't know if it'll go to a Klondike bar though. Yeah, I, I might have actually eat a vegetable one day. So do you, do you take a multivitamin? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, and actually, this might be. You're like a certified trainer as well, so you're, you're yes, clearly I'm very a, active. I'm a certified person. personal trainer. And I, well, I can exercise like a fiend. I just and I know what to eat. I just choose not to. Um, but I have to tell you this. This is a, a little interesting story about what um, nutrient deficiencies can do. When I was in vet school, in vet school you have no time. You know, I lived on. Um, let's see, in vet school, I lived on Doritos. Now I'm on Pringles. I'm a little upper scale. But in vet school, it was Doritos and ice cream. Those were my food. I mean, three meals a day, Doritos and ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, again, if I wanted a vegetable, I had french fries. And long story short, I had this eye infection that would not go away. Mm. We could not forget, figure out how I was immunocompromised. I actually had to get an AIDS test because wow. They were like, you have such a crying immune system. We cannot figure out why this will go away. And for the record, my AIDS test was negative. But um, I was like, really, guys? So um, anyway, come to find out, it was my diet because I had the nutrition of a third world country child (laughs) in a refugee camp. Basically, yeah. is what my and it and so and it caught up with me. I mean, I didn't die. I'm still here. And so then for a while, I had vegetables and it's good. And you know, but um, but yeah, but it, it it can catch up with you in weird ways you don't expect. Like mine was some funky eye infection I had for three months that no one could figure out. You yeah. know, um, but so yeah, so it can. Yeah, veterinary school nutrition. You know, Mountain Dew, a lot of Mountain Dew, oh, yes. uh, coffee. Yeah, it's got survival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, for me, cigarettes. I smoked back then. Yeah, oh, I, I was a smoker. Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, that's what got you through the overnights and all. You know, you did you did the uh, the ICU at University of Illinois. You know, the overnights, and okay. then you got rounds at. You, you you get out of the ICU at six. You got rounds at seven. <laughs> right? yep. It's like, oh, how's that? How's that going to work? Um, <laughs> you know, so it's you just do what you got to do. Oh, and on top of that, you're studying for boards through that whole clinical year. See, I didn't study. That's I never studied. That's where I got lucky. Hmm. Actually, I was just, yeah, just, I just, I just waltz my way through life and <laughs> good things happen. So <laughs> thank God. No excuse for the bad nutrition then. <laughs> I know. No, it's not. Um, well, it's, hey, great to reconnect with you. It's been a while. Let's try to calm our lives down and do this more often. What do you think? No kidding. Uh, yeah. My dog votes for that too. Who yes. has her paralyzed face. Your so. dog votes for that. <laughs> awesome. Well, <clears throat> yeah, hopefully we can connect before the summer is out. Uh, summer ends very quickly here in Florida. The kids go back to school August 10th. Yeah. Ouch. Isn't that crazy? I'm sitting here. I'm like, wow, summer's almost over, son. You're going back to school in three weeks. It's freaking July. <laughs> Middle of July. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, so I, hopefully we can uh, get an episode in before then. Cause you know, back to school time's crazy. That's when, I don't know about your, your veterinary uh, practice, but mine, you can hear crickets. Nobody. Oh, can, it's yes. Nobody. You can can only, yeah. Back, graduation and back to school. Yeah. Like, 
no one calls the vet. Like the yeah. dog will just lay there and die. Yeah. And they're like, sorry, have to go school shopping. Yeah, you know, school I mean, it's, shopping. It's, it's and then, so and, then and then that goes on for about a week. And then all of a sudden you are so slammed. You can't even yes. breathe because everyone's neglected their pets for so long. They are actually <laughs> dying by then. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and, but then also they all don't have any money to treat their dog because they just had to buy school supplies oh, of for course. all the kids. And, yeah. Well, you get the yeah. sales tax free holidays. I don't know if you do that in Missouri. <laughs> yes. Um, but, it's funny, but yeah, let's try to connect. Uh, you have a great topic uh, that. Oh yeah, let's, I let's, a, let's tease the listeners, but you know, real quick before uh, before well, we go. I don't ahead. know how much did I say. Well, I've had a run of heartworm positive dogs. Um, normally, I will see maybe one heartworm dog a year or two. I've had six in the last three weeks. Um, four in my house call practice and then one each at different clinics I was working in. So I think they're following me. It's, it's kind of everywhere I go, every clinic I go, I'm like, Oh, and here's your heartworm. So yeah, it's it's crazy. So we're going to talk on, um, I actually did a blog article recently of uh, five things you didn't know about heartworm, but we can talk more about those and other things you might not have known about heartworm. So yeah, lots to talk about on that one. Yeah. I'll make sure I read that article before we jump on the air and, and, and talk about it. I do, I do love reading your articles. I always have a nice little, kind of little funny twist to them and um uh by the way uh, the inspiration for this episode was an article that i wrote about this very topic if you want to read a little bit more detail you know refer to webdvm.net and of course dr karen's blog vetchick.com it's a very very appropriate name for your persona <laughs> you've been at you've been posting a bunch of articles right even though we haven't talked much lately, you're still yeah. Actually, I actually I, I must say I kind of knocked some out of the ballpark on this one. I had a um, how to tell if your dog is in pain. Oh, I like it. It got shared I think 400 times on Facebook. It was wow. a little crazy. It was nuts. Um, and I'm working on and then I also did uh, doggy dementia. And so now I'm working on the cat version of those because those are two huge topics that so many people deal with. So no podcast on those. But if you um, have a senior dog at all, those are both definitely a really good read because the signs of your dog being in pain are not what you think. Yeah, and also, but, you know, future podcast material for us. I think those are great topics. Dementia especially interests me. My last veterinary conference I went to, I ended up spending the entire day with Washington State University. Um, Just in all of the dementia studies they've done and the things we've learned about it, it's just Mm -hmm. incredible. Uh, So, yeah, we'll get into that hopefully in a, a future episode. So, lovely to talk to you. I'd like to wish everyone a very, uh, uh, pleasant good night. Or good day, whatever. Or good day, it is. yeah. Whatever you happen to listen to <laughs> us, the the ninety five percent of our listens are by archive. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the the live broadcast. You know, pe- people aren't sitting by their their smartphones waiting for that, but they do listen to us while they're doing their hair in the morning. <laughs> so, uh, good night, everyone. Thanks, guys. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.